praise and glorify you right now because we know that we're so special, so special enough that you would send your only begotten son to die for our sins. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the power of worship. We are in your presence. Oh, we're in your presence. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in your name, you're there. And I believe right now that we don't have to go find you, that you're not down the street somewhere, but that, in fact, that God is here right now. Now, if you're here right now, that means everything we need is here. Oh, praise his name. Everything I need is here. And I praise you in advance because I know that you'll give it to me. And so I pray in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let's get into this. Just I want to talk today on the subject, the trap, the trap. Now, when I say the trap, old school people think this. Is this a trap? Is this a trap? Come on now, look at me. Is this a trap? Now, if I ask y'all if y'all know what it is, some of y'all are going to front and act like you don't know because you don't want nobody to know you ain't had no critters in your house before. Come on, say amen. Now, some of us did have roaches. Come on, say amen, somebody. Some of us did, especially if you live in this city, it's too cold outside not to have some critters at least trying to get up in there. Come on, say amen. Anybody ever seen this before? You've seen it. You may, it may not have been in your house. How many saw it before, right? It's a trap. Now, but when you say trap to everybody in here that's like 30 years old and younger, they're not thinking this. They're thinking about something totally different. When they hear the word trap, they're thinking trap queen. When they hear the word trap, they're thinking, let me just break it down for those of you who don't understand what a trap is. This is not a trap nowadays. A trap is a drug house. Trap, a, trap, a trap is where you go get high. A trap is where you go buy drugs. A trap is where you do illegal business. But I got a word for you today. It don't matter what trap you come from. All the traps are a trap. And I want to talk today on round eight. The subject is the trap. I believe that God reveals in his word the greatest trap that most people, I'm telling you, most human beings are going to get trapped in what I'm talking about today. As a matter of fact, I'd say the majority, the majority, if not all of us in here at some point or another in our lives will have gotten or will get trapped on this. I'm not a doomsday preacher. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to scare nobody, but I just got to tell you like it is. When I read this book right here, when I read this book, I'm not talking about watching television. I'm talking about when I read this book. If you get in this book, you'll find some stuff. And one of the things you'll discover is is that the majority of the planet is going to fall for the trap that I'm going to talk about today. The majority of the planet. As a matter of fact, the Bible gives us clear indication that not the majority will be saved, but in fact, the majority are going to be lost. And the majority are going to be lost because the majority are going to fall for the trap that I'm going to show you in God's word today. Somebody shout the trap. How many don't want to fall for it? How many don't want to fall for it? All right, let's get it real quick, and let's get into God's word. First of all, one of the things I've noticed when you start talking about the last days, just be honest. Watch TV. Nobody's preaching on the last days anymore. Nobody's talking about Jesus coming. Look at gospel songs. How many gospel songs you heard lately on the second coming of Jesus Christ? Most of the music I'm hearing now is about getting your blessing, your breakthrough is on the way, touch three people and, and roll over five times, and your bank account's going to increase. 
But I'm just saying, I, I, I'm really, honestly, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss nobody, but I'm, I'm really concerned that there's some stuff in here that the great majority of the planet, first of all, they're not going to even read it. They're not going to even read it. Second of all, when they hear it, they're going to go into what the screen calls avoidance. One of the reasons why people don't like talking about the last days is the same reason why black people don't like talking about death. I'm a pastor, and one of the worst things that I experience in my ministry above many things is when I get down to the final days of somebody's life, and I look at my people, and they don't have no money. They've made no plans. Y'all not hearing me now. They've made no plans for their mama or for their father to be prepared for death. Now, forget them. What about the person that's dying? There are many of us. There are many of us right now. When I say death, you get nervous. When I say death, you've made no plans. You know why? Because you don't even want to talk about it. Avoidance. Let's just be honest. Everybody's going to die. We might as well prepare for it. Come on, say amen. Oh, it's quiet in here right now. I think I'm leaning in on something today. I'm going to stay with this. Most of us don't even want to talk about it. I mean, just practically speaking, I can't tell you how many funerals I do. I see a good pastor friend of mine here. Can't tell you how many funerals I do. And folks just, they just happen to fall upon death. And then the church has got to raise money to help folks have a decent burial. It used to be that... Uh, that cremation was cheaper, and now that has changed. It costs money to die, but the truth of the matter is if folks would think about it, if folks would plan for it, then folks would be ready for it. Now, forget, 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 forget the funeral part, but there are a lot of us that are not planning to die. All right, let me back up. I thought I was going to get an amen there. Many of us do not even think about our mortality as often as we should. I thank God for funerals. Funerals for many of us are the only times where many of us start thinking that we may not make it. Anybody see what happened in China just, just a couple of days ago? An explosion happened. People lost their lives. Firemen lost their lives. Everywhere we turn, we're seeing this kind of thing happen where people are losing their lives simply because unexpected things are happening. Life is full of unexpected things. I'm going to say it again. Life is full of unexpected things. If you live long enough, there are some things that are just going to happen. But this is what I believe. I believe I can choose right now to be prepared even for stuff I don't know that's going to happen. And you know what I have? Oh, that was good. You know what I have that helps me to prepare for the stuff that I don't even know is going to happen? I've got the word of God. Now, let me say this. We got two groups here today. We have a group here of people who have a reverence for the Bible. You believe in the word of God, all right? Except you just don't really practice it. The other group that we have, they're not sure if the word of God can be trusted. Let me clarify right now. I'm going to be preaching from what I believe to be the word of God. If you're not really sure that the word of God is the word of God, some of you are like, no, everybody believes the word of God is the word of God. Uh, uh, 47% of African Americans now don't not eat, do not believe that the Bible is holy and that the word of God is, in fact, inspired by God. We do not live in a church generation anymore. Are y'all hearing me? Even our people ain't going to church no more. People in this community, their grandmother went, but they don't go. People don't know what God's word says. And this is all the plan of Satan to get us not to be acquainted with this so that everybody falls for the trap. 
So let me break some down to you as we get into this thing. One out of every 25. What did I say, everybody? One out of every 25 verses in the Bible is about the second coming of Jesus. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me explain. When I mean second coming, Jesus came the first time as a man, as a baby, in the womb of Mary. Amen? He lived the life. He died. He was resurrected. And he went back to heaven essentially to prepare a place for us. Now, there's a second time that he's coming. Oh, y'all better hear me now. And he's not, now, according to this, he's not coming as a baby. He's not coming gagging and googling. The Bible says he's coming as king of kings and lord of lords. And now, just talk to me for a minute. How come ain't nobody talking about that? How come we ain't preparing for it, thinking about it, getting our family? I'm going to tell you right now. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, you'd do some stuff differently. If you knew that the end of all things was to take place, wouldn't you change the way you make movements? I'm trying to tell you now, this is so important in Scripture. It's so important in Scripture that one out of every 25 verses in the Bible is a reminder that Jesus is coming soon. Can I get a witness and say amen? John 3.16 even has it tucked in there. Y'all quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten what? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting, what everybody? Everlasting life. What is everlasting life about? It's not everlasting life down here. It's everlasting life when Jesus Christ comes back. That scripture that many of you are familiar with is a reminder that I loved you, I sent my son for you, I've given you grace, and I gave it to the whole world. Let me say this right now. There's some uh, 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 Christian belief system to actually teach that God has predestined certain people to be saved and others to be lost. And I'm just telling you, I just want, and the quick question, what Bible are they reading? Let me tell you what God has predestined. God has predestined for everybody to be a son of God. In other words, everybody has a chance to be in relationship with him. Everybody's got a chance and everybody's got a choice. Everybody's got a what? A chance. And everybody's got a what, y'all? We got a choice. Watch this. In uh, Titus 2, if you can't see it, I'll read it. Titus 2 says, waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing uh, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Watch that now. The Bible says that the coming of Jesus is a good thing to look forward to. It's a blessed hope. It's something I'm looking forward to. The great majority, I mean, real talk, come on, y'all. We ain't looking forward to, listen, all right. See, I, I just can't stand when people ain't honest. There's some people here, oh, pastor, I'm just ready. I'm ready for him to come tomorrow. I want Jesus to come tomorrow, pastor, and I'm ready. You was a devil's lie. You're not even sure if you're ready yet. And I'm going to be honest. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm kind of, I, I feel a little tension on this right here. I want him to come, but I don't want him to come. Can I explain? Okay, I want him to come because I am, on certain days, I'm sick of this world. I, I'm, I'm talking for you since you won't be honest with me. There are some days I want him to come, Elder McNair, because this world is so bad. But when life is good, I'm not even thinking about his coming. Oh, y'all not talking to me in here. 
Now, the other reason why I kind of, I'm just being honest. Some of y'all are disturbed by Pastor even saying this, but I'm just being honest because y'all ain't. Uh, look, the reason why I really don't want him to come yet is because I'm not sure all the time that I have set my house in order. Number one. Number two, I'm not sure if everybody I love. Let me say this real quick. It's okay to want Jesus to come. But some of y'all are a little self-righteous on that thing. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want him to come till he's ready to come. Come on, say amen. <laughs> hey, listen, because I trust that when he decides to come, he will have given, oh, bless God, he will have given everybody. Come on in here, somebody. He will have given everybody a chance to be saved. I don't want to go to heaven and leave my family. I got a sister living in Las Vegas, and she out there. I don't want him to come yet. Save my sister, God. Save my, my cousin's God. Save my nephew's God. Do you feel me on that? Somebody, somebody, I'm ready for him to come tomorrow. And your behind is going to go there and leave everybody else? No, I don't think so. You ain't going because you're not even concerned about other people that need to get there. The Bible says in John 14, 1 through 3, I can quote it. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be stressed out. What's what Jesus says is the answer to stress. Y'all better hear me today. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. Come on, saints. In my Father's house. Notice his focus. As Jesus is about to die, Jesus ain't focused on your financial breakthrough. As Jesus is about to die, he's concerned about you getting a job, but his main concern is that he says, in my Father's house. Hallelujah. He says, I've prepared many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Watch this, y'all. Don't miss this. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, verse 4, then I will come again. Oh, did y'all catch that? Did you catch that? He says, don't be stressed. Why? Because I'm making plans for you up there. My main plans for you are not down here. My God, thank you. My main plans for you are for up there. So I want you to live your life down here like you plan on going up there. Check this. Revelation. The first chapter, verse 8. The Bible says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord. What's that mean? I'm beginning and end. Huh? <laughs> I can't even be confined by time. Come on, say amen. He says, uh, uh, he says, now watch this. Who is, who was, and who is to what? Now that's in the beginning of the book of Revelation. If you scroll on down to the end of Revelation, he's still saying the same thing. He says, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's the last, that's the last scripture in the Bible. From the beginning to the Bible to the end of the Bible, God's number one desire is that the separation that we are experiencing between him and us will be broken. He says, I'm coming again. It's all in the Bible. It's all over the place. Now, you can't see this here, but anytime you start talking about, like, the last days, like, there's a, whole, there's a lot of talk about, like, the Illuminati right now. Like, and every time, uh, especially the Illuminati conspiracy theorists, you know, they see Obama. And on this picture, they, they got Obama's eyes circled. And then they got, 
they got the dollar bill with the all-seeing eye. And they say, do you see the connection? Obama is antichrist. Y'all hang around for the next couple of weeks, and I'm going to show you there ain't no way in the world Obama can be antichrist. Not in the Bible. If you use the Bible, do you see what I'm saying? It's like Satan wants to create so much confusion about the last days. He wants y'all to be scared about the last days. He wants you to be scared, and he creates all this drama. And then uh, there's a little chip. So some folks, the mark of the beast, right? And, and it's going to be a little chip inside our finger. And watch out for the United States government because they're listening to you, and they're going to get you. The last thing you ought to be afraid of in the last day is the United States government, the CIA, the NSA, the FBI. The person you need to be worried about the most is the one who can see through the CIA, the FBI, that can see through the church, that can see through your clothes, that can see through your church hat, that can see through your church suit, that can see through your I Love Euclid t-shirt. We ought not be, listen, what I have learned is one of Satan's number one weapons in terms of getting us caught up in the trap in the last days is to get us afraid of the last days. I'm telling you right now, I ain't scared. How can you be scared when you got the book and you got the end of the story in the book? I done read to the end and I already know what's going to happen. Then there's crazy teaching even from Christian churches. Anybody ever heard of the movie series called Left Behind? Now, Left Behind teaches a real dangerous false doctrine. You know what it basically teaches? It's this whole seven years of tribulation stuff. Now, when you get a chance, find me a text in the Bible that says, that even has the phrase, seven years of tribulation. This is their ideology, that Jesus basically going to come three times. So he came first as a baby, and then what's going to happen is, is all of us, we're going to be in here like this one day, praising the Lord. And then out of nowhere, people just going to be disappearing. <laughs> clothes, clothes going to be in the seats. People's shoes going to be tucked under there. And we're going to be like, where they go, y'all? And we're going to be like, they've been raptured. Now, the Bible does teach a rapture. It's just not a secret. The Bible does not teach a secret rapture. How unfair would that be? That God would take a special few, and then the third time, he would come back after seven years of tribulation. And I can't find nowhere in Revelation, Daniel, any of the books of the Bible what that basically suggests is, is that we'll have, two, we'll have two opportunities to get ourselves right with Jesus before he comes. Ain't going to happen. You know how many opportunities you have? You got one in this right now. You got one in this right now. So why, why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this to say, man, anytime there's a discussion about the last days, Google it. When you get a chance, Google second coming and see how much garbage is going to come up. Google it and see how much conspiracy theory will come up. Why do I need to believe in a conspiracy theory, some secret, when I've got a Bible? When Jesus tells me how this thing is going to go down. But we've got to be careful or else we're going to fall for the trap. Now, let me show you some of the signs. Some of you all know this. This actually tells us that we're in the last day. If you saw a sign like you do on 90 and it said Euclid, 90 and Route 2, what is the sign trying to help us to do? It's trying to tell us that Euclid is coming up, right? It's an indicator, and, and typically sometimes you know, you'll see something like one and one-fourth mile, or you'll see a half a mile, or you'll see one mile. But if we didn't have signs, we wouldn't know when something was going to come up. Do you feel me? The Bible 
teaches, God is so good, that there will be signs to indicate to us that the coming of the Lord is near. Oh, ain't God good? Listen, God is so good that he's like, I ain't going to let y'all just fall for the okey-doke. I'm not going to let y'all just be utterly surprised. Although we don't know when he's coming, we do have enough signs to know that his coming is soon. Would you say amen? And so uh, here are a couple of signs. Matthew 20. I got to run through this very quickly. Matthew 24. Watch this. Jot this down. I want you to be mindful of this. Matthew 24, 3 says, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? When is the coming of the Lord going to be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Watch what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you by yourselves. The first thing that you need to watch out for is for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. In other words, when you see wars, guess what? He's coming. Amen? Let's keep it moving here. The Bible says in verse 7, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. When we see natural catastrophe and folks dying of hunger. Now the sad thing is, is most of us in America don't even know what that means. You ain't never been hungry for real. For I mean, like, there are folk in other countries that are dying of starvation. Their stomachs are protruded. And even if they were given a healthy meal, it would kill them because they are so malnourished. We ought to praise God right now that we live in the United States of America. We have had isolated trials, isolated tribulation. But for the most part, we don't live in a war zone like they do in the Middle East. We don't live in communism like they do in China. God has blessed us with freedom of worship. God has, I mean, we can assemble right here right now, and there's nobody with a gun telling us it's illegal. There are some countries in the Middle East where it is forbidden to worship and declare the name of Jesus. That's why every time God gives me a chance to speak his name in freedom, I praise him because the Bible says that a time is coming in this country where religious freedom and the right to worship God will be taken away. What are some of the other signs? Matthew 24, 7. There will be famines. The Bible goes on to say, upon the earth, distress of nations. There will be pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Now, I ain't going to lie. One of the reasons why I'm talking about conspiracy theorists because the pastor do got a problem with it just a little bit. Pray for the pastor. Listen, you get caught up in that conspiracy theory stuff, it will drive you insane. You will look for a snake under every rock. I'm saying, you'll go to 7-Eleven and be like, seven. Eleven. Seven minus the one on the 11 equals six. Illuminati is running 7-Eleven. You got to be careful. Uh, listen, you got to stay in the word. If you want to stay balanced, you got to stay in the word. Uh, listen, but, but, but notice that the famines in various places and the things that we are seeing, some of the pestilences, I do believe that they are testing biological weapons on people. Now, I've read a little bit. I ain't trying to scare you too much. But tell me how Ebola shows up, everybody gets scared, and then it's gone. I watch too many movies. Y'all pray for the preacher. Huh? I, 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 tell me why 
the H1N1 was supposed to kill everybody in Maine. And then it's gone. I do believe that there are evil men that are so evil that they would wish to test these drugs and diseases on people so that they could amass power. But I also believe in a power greater than the FBI, greater than the CIA. I ain't going to walk around here washing my hands every five minutes. What I will do is pray over my food. Come on in here, somebody. Some of y'all worry, oh, the devil is in the meat. He's also in the vegetables, too. I'm... Listen, what I've learned to do is I've learned to pray over candy. Y'all not hearing me. I pray over a water fountain. Come on in here, somebody. I need God to take care of me. I don't got time to be worried about what the boogeyman is doing. The Bible says that there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, uh, distress of nations with perplexity of the sea and waves roaring. Now, 2 Timothy, now somebody go out to get a shout on right here. Here is a sign that Jesus is coming. Are y'all ready for this? The Bible says people will be lovers of themselves. Can I get a witness? We're in the last days. The Bible says that they will be lovers of money. Talking to some of my young brothers in the hood, the only thing they can think about is, is money. <laughs> the thirst for money is a sign that Jesus is coming. The Bible says they will be boastful. Now, a lot of this stuff sounds like the church to me. Oh, it's quiet now. The Bible says that they will be proud. Watch this. Abusive. Are we not seeing an increase of abuse in our families? Studies show that one out of four little black girls will have been abused sexually by a relative before she turns 12 years old. My God, we've lost our minds when a father will put his hands on his daughter's private parts. We've lost our minds when children kill their parents. The Bible says, now I know I'm going to get help on this. The Bible says another sign of the last days is that Children will be disobedient to parents and ungrateful. Can I get a witness in here? I feel like hooping right now. Can somebody wave their hand in the air? Hey, Lord. Listen, how many know we got some disobedient? Look, where are my parents at? Wave your hand in the air. Wave it like you just don't care. If you know we in the last days. How many know back in the day, some of the stuff the kids getting away with now, they would have been picking themselves up off the floor only to get knocked down again. Listen, I never shall forget when I was a kid, I had a mouth on me like you wouldn't even know, right? Uh, I had a mouth on me, and one day my mama told me she had company. My mom, preacher's wife, dad, preacher, and they had company over there, and the dignitaries were there, and my mama, uh, I, was, I said something sassy, and my mom said, take your behind upstairs. And then this is where she messed up. She says, and go and pray and ask the Lord to come in your heart, and then come down here and tell me what he said. Man, I'm about seven years old, man. I, with tears in my eyes, I marched up them steps. And I got down on, I want to say I was prostrate. I don't know. I, I, I laid on my face. And I said, Lord, what, what have I done? And then I came downstairs. And my mom, in front of company, she, she, she was not, she, wisdom had not taken over in this moment. 
She said, what did the Lord say? And I said, Mom, the Lord said, keep up the good work. Uh, brothers and sisters, I don't know at what point I fell down. I, I cannot remember from whence I came. I don't <laughs> Come on in here, somebody. How many know that the disobedience and the disrespect, God have mercy. I was in the grocery store the other day, and I heard a child say to their mama, F you. Hey, look, now, now you, can't, you can't be disciplining other people's kids in 2015 because you might get a cat bust on you. Come on, say amen. But that was one of those moments I said, oh, the, the, <laughs> can I spank him? But you know what I'm learning? That kids that talk like that, they get that language from somebody. I don't know who. You can't say F you to your kids and not expect for your kids to say F you back to you. I declare you deserve it. Bible said they be unholy. Lord have mercy. Without love. Lord have mercy. We got mean people. Am I preaching today, y'all? Are we not living in the last days? I mean, folks are mean. Lord have mercy. Some of y'all, when y'all wake up, I'm like, did you sleep with Satan last night? Why are you mad? <laughs> uh, why are you mad at everybody? Why are you so angry? Satan has found ways to hurt some of us so deeply that we cannot overcome our bitterness. And everybody that has to face us has to face the wrath of our anger. The Bible says also that they would be slanderous. Talking about folk, huh? Without self-control. Lord have mercy. Brutal. Not lovers of good. I could talk about brutal. Treacherous. Oh, can we talk about that? I, I, the only word I can think of is shady. We got so many shady people. Shade, I mean, oh, Jesus. We'll, we'll lie. We'll, we'll lie in your face. We'll steal from you. And here's the worst part. And they be family. The Bible says that they will be conceited. Lovers, watch y'all, watch y'all. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This is for all my clubbing folk, my partying folk. Uh, they, they'll go to the party. Pookie and Rayway will start shooting the place up. And they'll go back to the club the next week. Those same folk will come to church and somebody will talk about them and they won't come back no more. Well, you'll go to the club where they dog you, folks getting shot, folks acting crazy, and you ain't complaining that it's fake people in the club, but then you'll declare if somebody don't speak to you in the church that it's fake people in the church. No, the problem is you are a lover of pleasure. The Bible says, and here's another sign of the last days, that we'll have the form of godliness, but no power. See, y'all didn't realize that one of the greatest signs of the last days 
It's in the church. That church folk will come and praise God. They'll love good preaching. They'll fall out, shout, speak in tongues. Then they'll cuss folk out. They won't do ministry. They don't care about the brokenhearted. They don't care about the hood. They don't care about poor people. They don't care about ministering to those who've, been, who've experienced injustice. All they want to do is sit up in the church and have the preacher preach what they want him to preach. All they want to do is hear the music they want to hear. But when it's time to do real ministry outside, I'm still God right now, to do real ministry outside the four walls. I, listen, I'm, I, got, I got a thing right now. I, you don't, you don't even, I don't really feel like... Uh, your Holy Spirit is revealed in worship. I feel like you know that the Holy Ghost is in your life, not what you do when you're in here, but what you do when you leave here. Do you care about people? Do you care about the lost? Do you have the fire of God moving in your spirit, not just on Sunday and Saturday, but do you care about the things of God on Monday and Tuesday? I'm not supposed to be preaching, am I? Help me, Lord. Do you hear me? The church is always pointing at the world. Look, Jesus is about to come. And I'm pointing back at the church saying, no, yes, he is about to come because you got the answer to the problems in this world. And you sit on your black behind here every week after week, taking in sermons, getting spiritually constipated, and you don't do anything for anybody else. Well, let me move on from this. So let me talk about this trap and sit down. So let me show you what the trap is going to be in the last days. Let me get, let me get through these slides. I want to show you what the trap is going to be. So, man, these things right here are something else. Mess around and get your, get your, get your hand jacked up. Uh, but the whole point of a trap kind of like blows my mind. Like, I'm, I'm like, Mr. Rat. Can you not tell that surrounding that peanut butter or that cheese is a contraption that looks very unfamiliar to food? Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it strange? Like, did, why, didn't the, why didn't the mouse that survived go and tell the other mice? Look, when you see these wooden things right here and there's a piece of food at the end, it's a trap. It's a trap. But here's the thing. You know why it's a trap? Because it's a trap. <laughs> the thing with a trap is there's always something desirable. It's so desirable that the danger that one sees with the trap doesn't mean much to them except that they can get what's in it. Watch this definition. A trap is a device or an enclosure. Now, watch this. this. This is amazing. Designed to catch and retain something, typically by baiting, allowing entry but no exit. Can I preach that real quick? Okay, so what a trap is, a trap is, a trap is, it's a setup. Uh, look, real quick, let me, let me tell you a quick story. I'm from Washington, D.C., and to me, the greatest mayor of all time was there. Some of you young folk don't even, won't even know this, but his name was Marion Barry. Uh, Marion Barry was a black mayor, and he was just bad. I mean, everybody had a job, I and mean, it was just unprecedented prosperity. But Marion Barry had a problem. He had a problem with women. 
and he had a problem with crack cocaine. And one time on national TV, some of y'all remember this, Marion Barry was trapped by the FBI. Do y'all remember that? Who remembers that? I mean, you tell her how old you are. Marion Barry went into the hotel and there was a woman by the name of Anita, I can't remember her last name, and, and he was trying to figure out how to smoke the crack pipe and didn't know that there were FBI agents in the closets and FBI agents in the bathroom. And, and as soon as he lit the crack pipe, they came out and seized him. And all you could hear Marion Barry saying was, I've been set up. I've been set up. It's a set up. It was a setup, but you was about to light that crack pipe too. <laughs> Sometimes when you are so focused on the wrong thing, you can't see the trap surrounding it. And the thing about a trap, a trap is designed for entry and no exit. One of the things about sin is, is that sin is so powerful that it's easy to get into it and it's hard to get out of it. Oh, come on, talk to me in here. I need real people to talk to me in here. It was easy smoking the first blunt, but it's hard to let go of the 30th. The first time you looked at porn, it was no big deal. But you can't even remember Bible verses that you learned, but you can never forget the first image of porn that you saw. Do you hear me? Satan's strategy is to enter and not get out. Some of us are in stuff right now, and the truth of the matter is, the only reason why you're here today is because you want some freedom. You want God's power to be manifested in your life. Am I talking to anybody? You want to be free from the trap. You know, it was my fault. I, I made the decision, Pastor. I'm the one that got caught up in this. But, but, Pastor, is there any news today for somebody that's bound, somebody that tried to get in but they couldn't get out? Is there a word from the Lord that can tell me that he is able to do anything but fail? And I am a living testimony having been addicted to pornography for eight years as a preacher. That God is able, God is able to take away anything that you're caught up in. No matter if you got in it yourself, have I got a witness in here today that know that my God is a keeper, he's a helper, he's a mind regulator, he is a deliverer, and his mercy endureth forever. Let me show you the trap of the last days. Then I'm going to take my seat. Here's a trap. Now watch this. Please, God, I need you right now, Holy Spirit, to calm the atmosphere so that they hear what God is about to say. This is the trap that Satan wants to ensnare all of us with. Oh, God, right now, I pray that he that hath an ear will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Brothers and sisters, look what the word says. It says, Jesus talking about the last days. And I want you to get ready to play in a second, my brother. Hold on now. Jesus says, watch this, y'all. Here is the trap. Don't spend all of your time thinking about eating or drinking or worrying about life.
People are not going to miss out on heaven because of bad things. People are going to miss out on heaven because they're too worried about life down here. Watch what the scripture says. It says, if you do, do what? If you, get, if you spend your time thinking about eating or drinking or worrying about life, the Bible says, if you do, the final day will suddenly catch you like a trap. That day will surprise everyone on earth. Most of us think that the trap is sex. Eh. Most of us think that the trap is drugs. Eh. Most of us think that the trap is, is, is violence and, and murder. The Bible says this, please don't miss this, y'all, that the trap of the last days is to get some of us so focused on our lives down here that we don't realize that it's almost over. There are a couple last days. I'm going to tell you. There are three exactly. The first last day is Jesus coming back. All right? But most of you are not going to be caught off guard by that. The other two is what you're going to be caught off guard by. You know what the other two last days are? Number one, you could die. Listen, before Jesus Christ comes back, you may not live until that time. Are you ready? Or are you more preoccupied with life down here that you don't give God the time of day? The other last days is what the Bible calls grieving the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord. God help me. Do you know the Bible teaches that many of us who continually tell the Spirit of God no will get to a place where his voice will become totally silent to us and we will have grieved him and not even be able to hear him anymore. What's the trap? Go ahead, my brother. What's the trap? Get them preoccupied with their little lives. With drama down here. With life down here. With making money down here. With the wedding. With the, with the, with the funeral services. With, 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 with the career. With my boyfriend. With my girlfriend. With my boys. What do they think about me, pastor? That's what I'm concerned about. The trap is to get you take your eyes off Jesus. If you take your eyes off Jesus and put it on a good thing, guess what? Guess what? Satan has succeeded. You still taking your eyes off him. There's a song that we used to sing when we were kids. And we still sing it now. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> Satan will have succeeded if he simply gets you to let go of God for anything else other than him. I don't want you to get it twisted in here. Some folk think, well, I ain't out there. I'm not out there slinging. I ain't out there clowning. And you think that you are safe if your focus and your plans and your life is not about being ready for the coming of Jesus Christ, then guess what? You have fallen for the trap. Uh, in 2010, some of you may remember this story, but there were four professional football players 
that took a fishing trip in Florida. They set out for about 35 miles to go deep sea fishing and did not realize that because of the drift that they had gotten 70 miles out from shore. These are four professional football players. Two actually were college, one was a college player and the other three, one played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the two others played for the Detroit Lions. Only one of them survived being adrift and I want to tell you why. The story is, is that as the boat began to drift, nightfall came and there was no one there to help them. They tried to gun the motor of the boat and it flooded the boat and the boat capsized. They fell into the water. And at that point, it was a fight for survival. For the first several hours, they held on to the boat. But then two of the football players thought that they saw a light in the distance. For those of you who know anything about maritime safety, they will tell you that if you're out in salt water too long, then you will begin to hallucinate. Don't fall for lights that you see in the distance. They said that two of the football players, these are big, strong guys, thought they saw a light, took off their life jackets, and started swimming toward the light. They never saw him again. The other one got very thirsty. And they tell you, don't drink salt water. It makes you hallucinate. And he was begged by his friend, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But he couldn't help himself. He drank the salt water. He too began to hallucinate. He let go of the ship, took off his life jacket because he thought he saw a light in the distance. The last one, Nick Shiler, lives to tell his story. His book was released about two years ago. And Nick said the only reason why he survived is because he held on. He held on. He did not try to save himself. He held on. Oh, thank God for that. Some of you right now are holding on by a thread. And you think that you're losing. I believe that the same way Nick Shiler held on and was spared in that ordeal is the same way many of us are going to make it in these last days. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I'm not saying this because I'm opposed to. I'm saying this because I know it's true. Man, don't you let go. Don't let go. Don't let now is not the time to let go of God's hand. If you wanted to sin and act crazy, you should have did it 10 years ago. But now is not the time to turn your back on God. Oh, I'm telling you, I see the signs being fulfilled. I see the prophecies being fulfilled. And what drives my heart crazy as a pastor is I see people picking the wrong time to leave the ship. Hold on to the ship. I don't care what has happened in your life. Don't blame it on God. God's trying to save you. God will even use the tough stuff in your life. Anybody been through some stuff? God is using that stuff to save your soul. 
Don't you Don't let go. I know I'm talking to somebody today. Some of you are in church, but you let go. Some of you, your body is here, but your mind ain't here. What am I telling you today? Don't let go of Jesus. Hold on to him. But how many know that it's not really you holding on to Jesus? How many know today? Oh, my God. How many know that if it was up to you to save yourself, you would have let go? But how many can testify right now that the only reason that you're in your right mind, the only reason why you had the presence of mind to come here today, the only reason why you're getting baptized today, the only reason why you're staying in that marriage, the only reason why you didn't give up on them kids, the only reason why you believe in God for your miracle, it's not because you didn't let go, but because God didn't let God didn't let God did not let go of you. If we are lost, it's not because he let go. If we are lost, it's because we let go. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on his soon coming. Don't worry about the drama. Get your mind off stuff that doesn't have nothing to do with God. Keep your focus. Don't let go of his unchanging hand. Your head's about. Your eyes are closed. Is there somebody here today who wants to stand and say thank you that he didn't let you go? If you're here today and, and you know that you let go, but he didn't let you go. Oh, have, I, have, have I got any witnesses in here today that can stand to your feet and testify? Pastor, the only reason I'm here today ain't because I was so worthy or so righteous or I made all the right decisions. It was because he didn't let go. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slowness or slackness. But he is long-suffering to us. Watch this, y'all. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should.